1: everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I'm your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, the founder of Divizio, the affiliate network for companies doing good. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and show producer, Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. Hello, Andrea, how are you?
0: I am Hunky Dory. Although it sounds like I have a bad connection, so after we get our, uh, after I'm I'm gonna let you say hi to the guests, and I'm gonna hang up and call back in.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a blend. It sounded like it was getting clearer at the end of that. You wanna try one more time?
0: Um, uh, well, I can't hear you very well, so I'm gonna go ahead oh, and yeah. chance that. So why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to uh, now that you've been sequestered in, and then I'll come back and introduce our guest in just a moment. Okay, sounds
1: like a plan. Well, I have been keeping myself busy talking to people about all kinds of good stuff, Divisio and the world of trust that can help business owners to defer as much as 97% of their annual tax liabilities in perpetuity. I've been talking to people about a very high return, extremely low risk, almost no risk, really, type of investment that's for people that are really looking for a safer way of putting a safer place to put their money. And things like that. And, boy, has that been keeping me busy. So we have a – let me see if I can get Andrea unmuted. We've got a great show lined up with a great guest. Let's see. Is that better, Andrea? (laughs)
0: It certainly is much better. I can actually hear you this time. So uh, we do have a really great show today. Uh, What I've been doing is uh, during uh, this time of being sequestered, uh, for those of you who know that I'm always on the road and on the go, I've actually been home for nine days in a row. I know only nine days, but to me, it seems like forever. Um, and uh, the first uh, three days, I was uh, pretty itchy, uh, wanting to go again. And I got through day four, and by day five, I was starting to enjoy it and discovered some new fun things that I'm doing with creating some uh, new um, YouTube channels with a Keep Smiling movement where I'm getting on and just literally laughing with people You know, 15, 20 minutes a day. And boy, that has totally changed my life for the better over the last couple days and um, doing some more things for my other business, Ignite Your Relationships, that's been on hiatus the last five years because I was spending so much time with the red carpet connection and with a Keep Smiling movement. So bringing things back to life. And so it's so funny that while other people are feeling like the world is ending, I'm feeling like it's giving me a chance to renew and reset. So um So it's been quite fun for me. So talking about fun.
1: That's kind of funny, Andrea, because I am starting a new chapter of my life while people are thinking the world is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. I now have Bill back in my life and living with me again.
0: Wow. Wow. So Gina's got a man. (laughs) I do, and
1: it's my old man is my new man. How's that?
0: Well, I love that. How exciting for you! Well, and what a great time if you're all in love to be hunkered in, uh, living together and getting just being forced to spend time together. There you go. We were together
1: for so many years, but it's like a whole new relationship, right? Oh, well, how
0: fun is that? Well, we have some other special treat for you today, and that's my friend, Brian Mira. He is the virtual entrepreneur. Um, we're getting a lot of feedback as well, too. I don't know if when um, when we take turn, if we can take turns when we're talking to put us on mute, and then when we're ready to jump in to take us off mute. Uh, Brian is the virtual entrepreneur. He's originally from New Jersey and now resides in Pennsylvania, and he's the proud father, father of, now get this, five boys, five children, five boys. (laughs) Talk about somebody who's really finding staying at home and homeschooling as a parent interesting. Um, He also has a set of triplets in those five boys, and he's built a massive real estate career over the course of his life as an investor and also as an industry educator. He's really well known for his YouTube trainings, which I would love to hear more about, and also the creation of a flip free profits of or uh, of Flip Free Profits, which is a course for teaching real estate investors how to flip short sales. So um, short sales will be coming back into the run pretty hot and heavy, I have a feeling, once we get back back into where we're allowed to get out. And when you get to know a bit more about Brian, you'll quickly learn that he has a huge passion for helping people and for helping them achieve their dreams. And that comes from his recovery from fourth-stage testicular cancer. And he also owns an IT staffing firm an affiliate marketing company, and he's a coach and mentor, and he has a company for that as well. And he does that all remotely. So he is the virtual entrepreneur. So welcome to the show, Brian. I'm so glad to have you join us.
2: Hey, Andrea, how are
0: you? We are hunky-dory and so glad to have you with us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So, what are you doing with five boys to keep them excited, engaged, and learning in this crazy world right now?
2: Well, (laughs) yeah, it certainly is crazy. And, uh, you know, for me, they're different ages, right? So, the triplets that you mentioned, they're actually juniors in high school now, which I still can't believe. Uh, They're 17. They'll be 18 coming up here in November. And, you know, at that age, they kind of do their own thing. And this past year, they started driving, so they have their cars, and you know, yes, they're cooped up at home to, you know, honoring the whole quarantine thing. But, you know, they were given schoolwork um, to do when they're home. And then, of course, they have their electronics, their iPhones, and all that other stuff. And it really goes to the same as the little guys. Also have a seven- and a four-year-old. Uh, they have the work that was sent home, and we get daily different little tasks and reading assignments and things like that. But
3: no, so far well, I'll tell you I'm that good, I exactly. have – actually, I started studying the powers of the mind when I was a kid, which I know sounds, you know, kind of odd for – a, a lot of folks, but That's I really have. And so a lot of are my life, I thought, gosh, the mind is so powerful. And if, if it's true what they've always said, that you use maybe 10% of the capacity that you have,
0: mm-hmm. and,
3: uh, which, you know, is probably uh, pretty close Gina, to right. Do, and, and that most of the thoughts can be here? negative. I noticed that in times when things are going on that would seem to make you think, well, Gina, perhaps you should live in fear like everybody else, but yet I'm in a space where most of my thoughts are toward the future, towards creating good things, towards Gina? recognizing the abundance that I have in my <laughs> life, recognizing <laughs> well, we are how having in wealthy the wealthy right and prosperous now. that I am. And of course we all know the things happening in
2: Hello?
1: Is that better Andrea? Andrea, are you there? Uh oh, I think we lost her.
2: That was strange. <laughs> that was it sounded like a, it sounded like a clip from a prior episode. Um, I guess I kind of figured that out a little later That's on, but exactly I thought she was just going off. off on a
1: tirade. I thought <laughs> she was going off on
2: a tirade. are you there? It says
1: she's here. I don't know where she is. Hmm. That so Technical
2: is. difficulties. You, you you gotta love them, right? Yeah.
1: So let's just pick up where Andrea left off. i she'll sure she'll be back any minute. Hang on. There she yeah. is. Hi Andrea. Did I you got guys? It fixed.
0: Oh good. I was like, well, hello, whoever is sharing that information with us. <laughs> that was funny. That was. It was funny. the voice of God, and, so and guys, God
1: was I'm a in... woman. <laughs> i I'm, I'm in the car, so I so apologize,
0: guys. Anyway, oh, that is no funny. Oh, so she ideas. is out and about. Oh, everybody, you heard it live. Gina is out taking care of necessities. <laughs> Just getting food, <smooth>, that's all. <laughs> well, that's certainly okay. So, Brian, you were sharing that the boys are 17. They're in a car, they're driving around. The other ones got their iPads, they've got schoolwork yeah. to do. So, it's, yep. and they're what, four, seven, and 17, 17, and 17.
2: <laughs> yes yes so it's you know i i I as you mentioned being this you know as i like to brand myself the virtual entrepreneur i've been working from home and i've had different offices in the past for one of my real estate companies i used to run seminars and you know things of that nature but for the most part uh it's all done at home anyway so i do have a home office and you know they know since a young age the older guys as well as the younger ones that you know when I'm in my room, my office, and the door is closed, not to knock on the door unless it's an emergency and all that good stuff. So I trained them young, and, and it's been great, you know. So I, um, the whole quarantine thing, the biggest thing I miss is really just going over to the gym and going over to get a Starbucks coffee, which I always did at least once or twice a day. So making my coffee at home
0: and working out in the garage is, has, has been
2: my shift, but other than that, it's uh, business as usual.
0: Well, it sounds absolutely lovely. So I, um, I did not know until I was reading uh, your, you know, doing, snooping around on you for your bio and so forth for introducing you to the show that you are a fourth-stage cancer survivor. Uh, yes. So kudos to you for overcoming that and, uh, you know, being um, li- living such a full, you know, uh, thriving life. And uh, to me, that just really shows your resilience because talking about overcoming obstacles – That is quite a feat. So uh, could you mind sharing a little bit where that came into your life and how you were able to uh, overcome that?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, That's a huge part of my story and what made me who I am today. You know, I'm 45 years old. When I was diagnosed, I was 18. Nobody would think a healthy young man like that would have a stage 4 terminal cancer, but I. uh, it's so weird how things work out, right? I I remember I bumped – into the corner of a, of a couch, and I saw a lot of pain in the, in the groin area, and I thought, well, maybe I just have a groin pull, or because I was lifting weights, and I remember I was working at a butcher shop, um, lifting up heavy meat, and half a cows and all that crazy stuff, and, and I just assumed I had some type of a groin pull, or possibly a hernia, and so, of course, went to the doctor, and got it checked out, and they saw some abnormal things, and said, well, let's get an ultrasound, then they found a tumor, and then they said, okay, well, let's, scanned the whole body, and then they found it had progressed all throughout my entire abdomen as far as all the lymph nodes and into both lungs. So that's where the stage four diagnosis came in, in addition to some blood tests. And, uh, you know, it put my life on hold for about a year, a little bit longer than a year. And in the course of that year, I went through numerous different extensive surgeries. Um, They removed the initial tumor uh, where the origin was, the testicular cancer, um, then I went in for a complete lymphendectomy where it was a seven, eight-hour surgery where they removed all my lymph nodes in my entire abdomen. My insides were on the table next to me. The you know, doctors were taking out the lymph nodes along my spinal cord. And then a few months later, I went in and had a complete thoracotomy where they removed two of my ribs on my left lung and two lobes of my lung to be able to get the cancer out. And, of course, throughout the entire time, I was going through numerous rounds of chemotherapy, no radiation the uh, particular type of cancer that I had, but a lot of chemotherapy, lost my hair, you know, bald, all oh, the whole thing, living in the hospital, get to go home for a few weeks, come back, more treatment. So that's kind of how my life went for about a year. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, the, the treatments that I was getting at the time and the chemotherapy and the surgeries and all, the, the, t- the type of cancer that I had was really marked in your blood, it was tracking your blood with certain tumor markers, and they just weren't moving. And it was getting very scary and very, you know, discouraging for the medical team and all the other things. And I, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that the one, there's two major things that I took from that. Number one, obviously, as a young man on the verge of losing your life, I realized how short life was and started thinking about all the dreams I had and considering that I may not be able to actually achieve those dreams if I was dead. And I, I think that I've always looked back on those days and now when things get tough tougher when we encounter certain things, whether it's family or finances, etc., to be able to reflect back and realize just how precious life is and, and how this is my second shot and nothing is all so bad. And that's part one. And so I, I you know, people say all the time, wow, it must have been horrible. And I say, you know, it, it wasn't pleasant, but I can tell you that I wouldn't change it, change any of it because it made me who I am today. And then secondly, and most importantly, I had uh, run out of hope. And this is about a year into the treatments and surgeries, etc. And an aunt who was really a step aunt, wasn't even really blood related, uh, invited me over to a prayer meeting and uh, she was a Christian and they prayed for me, anointed me with oil in the name of the Lord and and I, I felt something. I felt a physical presence of God. And you have to understand I was not any type of religious person and I still not, but I didn't even really know what my faith was or if I even had any. I grew up Catholic, like like every other Italian Irish kid or knew. And uh, but that that night I, I felt a physical presence. I felt a a presence of God. And I went in for a blood test the next day and the tumor markers were half of what they were. They were down by 50% and they thought it was a fluke and maybe something's wrong with the test and let's repeat it in a week. And I went back in a week and and it was gone and never came back. So I have to give the credit to God for healing me and I'll never forget that. And every chance I get the ability to speak publicly, I always give God credit. And I I remember telling him, hey Lord, if you heal me, I'll let everybody know for the rest of my life that it was you who saved me, um, literally. So that's, that's the story. Wow.
0: That is quite, uh, miraculous, uh, very, um, awesome to hear such a thing where, yeah. I mean, literally, you know, I want to, I want to break in. I felt the earth move. Of course it wasn't the earth. <laughs> you know, right? um, I'm so glad that you're able to share that with us. And, um, you know, yeah. Um, profess, you know, what kind of miracle happened for you in your life. That is certainly uh, moving and exciting to hear, especially in a time where people are, um, uh, you know, a little nervous or scared or and some people are just plain yeah. freaked out about what's going on in yeah. the world. And um, to hear that, you know, you overcame something and at such a young age and then went on to have such amazing kids and to have a full life, you know, is, is really exciting. And, and to be an entrepreneur, yeah. talk about leveraging your life. Um, you have leveraged your life to own multiple businesses and raise a family and, um, you know, do some really cool things like, you know, reach out and share what's going on with you and what's happened for you with everybody. So um, tell us how, um, how that experience has really helped you because I mean, you were saying it's really part of your story and stuff. How has that helped you to learn how to leverage your life to be a multiple serial entrepreneur? Well, I, I think
2: it really comes down to a mindset. And going through, at the time, I I was given a few books that were very instrumental to me. Of course, you know, family members that, you know, want, meant well and wanted to give me a Bible and read some positive scripture about positive hope and how the, God can heal you and all this other stuff, which I absorbed it, you know. I, I really did because I was I, I was scared and I, I didn't know what to do. But I had some other books, and dare I say secular books, which – uh we're amazing. You know, there was a book, I'll never forget, uh, by the uh, author by the name of Deepak Chopra. A lot of people are familiar with him. And he wrote a book called Quantum Healing. And that book was amazing because it talked about the quantum field and quantum science. Now, you have to understand, I, I, prior to getting sick, I did graduate high school and I enrolled in college, not really know what I wanted to do. thought maybe I'll do something in law enforcement as far as like a detective or FBI. I was always intrigued with that. And my grandfather was a detective, et cetera. So, I did do a year of college, but I wasn't exactly the greatest student. Um, I was a C student, B C student. I mean, I wasn't any scholar or anything like that. But for, for what I, I tell you that because for someone like me to get so absorbed into the quantum field and quantum healing, right, and learning about quantum science, it was amazing to me. And, and I really absorbed that and read it numerous times. And then the other book I read, Love, Medicine, and Miracles by uh, Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel. And Mm. the combination of those three things, that the book from the doctor, it talked about mindset and it talked about disease and where does disease come from. And yes, there's a physical manifestation, but a lot of times there's something underlying there, something most times subconscious, whether they're feelings of anger, resentment, hurt, guilt, you know, different things in our past and really absorbing that book and in addition to the science aspect and then adding in the, the, the spiritual aspect, of course, of the Bible, the combination of those three books in the course of that year created a mindset. And whatever I've done, and I've had many failures. Let me first start, say that, you know, of, of the successful businesses that I currently run, I've had just as many, if not more fail over all the years. But the point is being able to push through and just continue to move forward no matter what. See, because, when I was going through the treatment and sick for a year fighting for my life, that's exactly what it was. It was a fight. And it taught me that you're always going to have challenges in life. Maybe not as severe and drastic as almost dying, but when businesses are failing and things are happening around you and your family, and I went through a divorce later on and all these things, going back and bringing myself back to center to remember the power of my mind, the power of my God and the power of me having the creative ability to literally create whatever outcome I want, has, uh, has always served me well. And, and that all, none of that would have taken place. I, I wouldn't have any of this knowledge and insight or revelation, if you will, if I didn't go through what I did.
0: Wow. It, you know, it is uh, amazing how uh, people don't realize that um, sometimes the darkest of moments can really turn out to be so positive. And, and that's kind of where I've been at is that um, th- like this whole t- – this whole time of, um, everybody being forced to stay home, um, Definitely, um, staying home doesn't mean being quiet. I mean, there's a lot of people saying I'm I'm so bored, and all they do is watch TV and lay on their couch. Um, I actually have been watching some TV because my husband and kids are watching TV, and I want to be with them. And so I've actually been watching. um, Well, I stopped watching TV like five years ago, so I've actually watched more TV in the last week than I have in a long time. But as far as (laughs) um, um you know, when I'm at my office, I'm hunkered in and more focused than ever. Uh, because I know that I'm such a social person, I needed to find an outlet for that sociability and I have been able to do it and feel okay with it, you know, and, and, um, actually I yeah. uh, love it. I'm, I'm not missing people cause I'm, well, I've, I've, I've talked to you a couple times by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and then uh, getting on the, on the phone and on zoom where I'm seeing people and I'm laughing and then engaging them in conversation. Um, Rather than just talk – there's really a difference in then just talking on the phone to actually yeah. looking at them and laughing with them because we laugh even harder. Right. But it's been amazing um, to, you know, really look at how can I make business work. And it's been, um, I think, uplifting to um, – I had a mastermind uh, last night, uh, a phone mastermind uh, with people I'd never met before that had invited me in to help them with their businesses and through connection and networking and I was blown away with the um, capacity of how much knowledge those of us who are serial entrepreneurs and have done so much online are able to be leaders in the world right now. I I guess I was taking that for granted. So Gina is certainly one of them. Gina is amazing at JV. She is a major connector she's on the phone solid all day long connecting people with her business and what she does. And Brian, you are too. And so we really are, You know, we've been thriving, but in this kind of a world right now, this is where you get to really show up even bigger.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and I think that,
2: and I've had this conversation with quite a few people in the last week or two, you know, what's happened, coronavirus, with the quarantines and all the other situations going on, nobody could have predicted it. Nobody expected it. So it literally took everybody by surprise. And you find that a lot of people are just not dealing with it well, you know, and, and they just don't know what to do. And that's out of fear and desperation, and they're letting their emotions take control, et cetera. Others, as you mentioned, like yourself, you know, me and numerous other people are are taking advantage of that. We're saying, all right, well, you know what? This is where we're at. This is what's going on. So now how can we turn this into something good? How can we be productive? And, yes, of course, having downtime. You know, I used to pride myself for years. funny you mentioned TV. Uh, and I don't watch TV. I, I specifically don't watch the news because I always tell people, "Hey, if it's important enough, someone will tell me about it, or I'll see it on Facebook." Right? <laughs> but um, you know, I don't watch the news. But and I, and I was never a big TV guy. But uh, I guess probably about a year ago, my young son, who was six, and of course he's seven now, uh, started watching. It kind of became like a little tradition. Like we started watching The Flash, right? Superhero. And it was nice, you know, before he'd go to bed, he would do his homework, eat dinner, do his homework, and, you know, get ready for bed, and then we'd sit down for about 40 minutes and watch an episode of The Flash. And, and it became a nice little bonding time, I guess you could say, and just something that he enjoyed, and I ended up enjoying and liking the show, too. And then, of course, when Flash was over, and, you know, we moved on to The Green Arrow, another superhero, and he loved it. So it's, you know, it's finding that balance, right? It's, it's that balance between being a good father or family man or mother, in your case, and being a business person and being a professional and doing what we do and networking. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest questions I get all the time. When people hear that I have seven streams of income and I run five companies and, you know, across numerous different platforms, they're saying, how do you do it? How, how can you possibly manage all that? And my answer is always the same. It's, it's simple. It's time management. It's time management. And I believe in, Time blocking, I believe, in chunking out periods of time. So I'll work on a specific task for a period of time and say, okay, here's an hour dedicated to this company or this business. And that's all I work on. And if another call comes in or if an email comes in or anything happens that's not relating to that particular task at hand, I ignore it. And I get back to them the situation later. And so that's always served me well, Uh, just really, really focusing on and over all these years becoming very good, if you will, at uh, time
0: management. Fantastic. So let's uh, let's get to some uh, like nitty gritty, um, really cool strategies that uh, people can use. Um, you know, one of them is the way that you use your time. So um, right. how do you decide, how do you prioritize, you know, that word, <laughs> put in priority, put in priority what it is that you want to do or what you want to make happen?
2: So what I like to personally do is the morning is my quiet time. I really I get up early, earlier than most by design, so that I can have that quiet time to plan my day. And every day changes, right? Um, maybe it's something in the real estate world where I have a real estate deal or a situation happening that needs my attention and that becomes top priority. And so I'll say, okay, well, when I get going today, this will become an A level priority, if you will, and this is what I need to accomplish. And then, okay, well, once that's done, what else do I have to work on? Or what else do I have to do today? And I, and I come up with a list. And I literally build my calendar out, and I'll block it. And I'll say, okay, from 8 to 10, I'm working on real estate, as an example. Um, from 10.30 to 1, or 10.30 to 12, or whatever the case may be, I'm working with my staffing firm. Right? Or, or, and again, I, I, when I say time blocking or time chunking, that's what I mean. Um, and to break it up even further, and I know this may sound a little crazy, but this is what works for me. I like to break everything up even further into 15-minute increments. So I know throughout the day, every 15 minutes is accounted for. Now, sometimes, yes, I will be one hour or four or 15-minute blocks, you know, segmented, if you will, for a certain task. But I, I like keeping 15-minute increments because it keeps you on point. So unless it's a, a rare occurrence, all of my phone calls are 15 minutes or less. Because I figured if I can't, you know, get my point across or have a conversation in 15 minutes Well, then talking too much about things that, you know, it's not efficient. Let's just put it that way. So really respecting that, um, honoring my time. And, you know, it's funny. We were just texting this morning about this. You had sent me a text uh, late last night, and I said, oh, sorry, text you so late. And I I just had a laugh and say, don't worry about it. Because when I'm done, I shut down. I literally go into my notifications on my phone for messages, Messenger, WhatsApp, and every other tool that people have to reach me. I turn off the notifications. So until I wake up and have my coffee and have my start my day and work out, and maybe it's 8 in the morning, maybe it's 9, maybe it's 10, I turn my notifications on, and then I start getting back to people. So really guarding your time, whether it's your business, whether it's personal family time, I, I think that that's one thing that a lot of people just don't know how to do. And so they're just like that leaf, right, going down the stream and just it's being, you know, Tossed all over the place, left and right, and under the water, and up, and because they just let the day run them instead of being very, just, you know, definite about how they want to organize or structure of the day.
0: Very fantastic. Very helpful. And then, uh, Gina, I knew that you were uh, running some errands. So, if at some point you want to uh, cut back in, uh, just go ahead and do so. We'll hear you jump in. And until then, I'll just keep uh, asking questions. Um, and then,
1: um, I'm real quick, if I could in a hospital bed, a wheelchair for almost 10 years in january wow. of 2005 the doctors gave me just 12 months to live and six months later i had a total miracle completely recovered and i know that has drastically and massively impacted how i run my life in business how has your near-death experience impacted your life in business what do you do differently
2: you know, it's it's funny because when I was diagnosed, I was a young man. I was I was a, I was a kid. I was 18 years old, and so obviously a year later, a year and a half later, now I'm 19, almost 20 years old. I wanted to get a jump on life, and I wanted to feel like, okay, well now I had this second shot, and what do I want to do? And I immediately recognized that, well, I don't want to go back to college because I was just kind of going to go and you know, spending unnecessary money and my parents and all this other stuff. And I said, well, I, why don't I work? Why don't I just get out there and start working? Let's start making some money. And uh, and I started working. You know, I, I, I did everything. I mean, I started selling cell phones. You know, I remember going around and uh, collecting bag phones, people's bag phones in their cars. Remember the bag phones? And <laughs> getting them to upgrade to a flip phone, a Motorola StarTAC flip phone. Remember those with the pull-out antenna? And that was my job. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was – Introducing the concept of a free phone and, you know, get on the service and learning sales, really, and learning how to deal and interact with people. And from there, I went on. I even sold cars for a while. And then, and then I did some commercial restarting. And that was kind of my first experience in the real estate niche back, oh my God, that must have been 1995, 95, I think. So you're talking 25 years ago. Um, and so, really, still not knowing what I want to do, I went from one sales-type job to another. I've always worked in restaurants. Actually, that started when I was 13, working and starting, of course, cleaning tables as a busboy and then being a waiter. And then eventually I was a bartender. Um, Even I I was a cook for a while. I learned that. And then uh, I guess in the early 2000s, I even owned a restaurant at one point. And so I was always involved in the restaurant industry as well. So to answer your question, yeah, it, it made a major impact because I felt this drive coming from a place of being thankful that I had this shot and I just wanted to succeed I just didn't know how or in what vehicle so I tried everything and uh, and that's kind of what set me on that path and, and and they were all jobs though I have to say right so I did I, I wasn't working for myself or I wasn't self-employed or certainly not an entrepreneur but I uh, I always had that that bug I always had that inside of me and running football pools and you know collecting kids in high school and do an entrepreneurial things like that, or I used to smoke cigarettes back in high school and, you know, buy a pack of them and sell the cigarettes individually, or buy a big box of candy and break them down and sell the, you know, the nerds or, or whatever, you know, the Twizzlers or whatever we were selling back then. Um, so I always had this drive, this wanting to, like, be an entrepreneur. I just never really recognized it growing up. And uh, one of the last, the last job I had was in uh, 1998. I worked for um, an IT staffing, so information technology Staffing firm uh, and consulting firm. And within two years, by the year 2000, I realized that I had all the necessary skills, contacts, and and abilities to run my own business. And I started my own company. Um, I just went out and took the head recruiter, and we formed a partnership, and I started my staffing firm, which I still own and run to this day in in the year 2000, so 20 years ago. And uh, that's what really started me full-time as an entrepreneur um, is is way back 20 years ago.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, there she goes. Okay, go go ahead, Gina.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I had done you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I know for me, one of the big lessons that I came away from my experience and what I call my miraculous transformation with is that I'd made a lot of money for a lot of people, but I hadn't done much of anything at all to do good in the world. And so today, hmm. how I run my business is very different because it's both about making money and doing good, and the two parts fuel one another. So that was a, a yeah. big lesson for me. Yep.
2: Yeah, I I, I really, it's funny you mentioned that because that was kind of the the next evolution of what we're going to talk about here. I, uh, you know, I had the staffing company, and it was going great, and I guess it was around 2006, late 2006, you know, things just started changing. Um, One of our biggest clients, Toll Brothers, the home builder up here in the Northeast, uh, they canceled our contract, and we lost like 40 people that were billing overnight, virtually almost, quite frankly, bankrupting the company. My partner and I had to take out lines of credit on our home, and, you know, just to keep, you know, maintaining payroll and all this other stuff, and... There were some other personal issues going on and then a year later I ended up going through a divorce in two thousand and seven. Looking back, you know, I everything really fell into place And, and it's funny because I after getting my divorce and having my staffing company go down, which was at that point my only source of income, I realized I needed to get some extra money coming in the house. I'm now gonna be paying for two households and child support and alimony and all these other things. Gotta go, you know, get my own place and all this stuff. And so I went out and got my real estate license. And I became an agent in 2007, and shortly thereafter, um, the market crashed. But it started going down already in 2007, and I saw it because short sales started popping up everywhere. And that's basically for your listeners that don't know: when you owe more money on the when you owe more money on the mortgage than what you can sell the house for. So maybe your loan, your mortgage is three hundred thousand, but the house is now only worth two fifty. And so, I was very familiar with the foreclosure process because in the midst of the divorce and not being able to come to terms with my ex-wife, uh, my cars were repossessed. You know, my Hummer, my CL, you know, 500, beautiful Mercedes, my, my million-dollar home, foreclosed on. So I went – I literally lived through that, and I was very successful just a year before, right, before we lost our client, which, by the way, looking back, was a sign that the market was starting to turn as far as housing because they were getting so many canceled orders Sales, the goal was certainly to help people avoid that foreclosure. Hey, look, if we can negotiate with your bank and find a buyer for your home, sure, your credit, you know, you haven't been making the payments, but at least you're not going to have that foreclosure. And then what would happen is instead of having that foreclosure on the record for 10 years as a judgment, they would, in most cases, within two years, be able to go ahead and get a new home again and rebuild the life. So I felt really good doing that because I knew I was helping families, and, and and I lived through it, right? I mean, I went through a foreclosure, so I know the pain, the the embarrassment, all the things that people go through when they're in, in a situation like that. So I, I felt that I could really connect with people when you walk a mile in their shoes, as they say, and, and, I, and I became very successful as an agent uh, doing that, working with people. But at the same time, during those two years, I was noticing that investors were – Everywhere and everybody was flipping homes, right? And buy and sell in the same day and flip the short sale and negotiate this price with the bank and buy it and then turn around and resell it, and make eighty grand the same day. And I said, Wow, people, I could still follow this new passion I found, but I don't have to be the agent making three percent. In most cases that was like five, six thousand. Not bad money, but it wasn't sixty or seventy or eighty. And I said, I got to learn how to do that. I got to learn how to be the investor. And that's kind of what opened up uh, the door to me becoming a short sale investor, you know, back in 2009.
0: Well, I'm glad that you were able I to know do if that I, because I've been really. <laughs> really showing people I want to make sure if Gina didn't want to reiterate anything um, that yeah. you've been able to, you know, do that because, um, you know, with real estate and bouncing back after that time and being able to show people, you know, again, your resilience on being able to, you know, discover solutions uh, when there's, you know, problems to be had um, after when, right. you know, other people were having such losses to be able to find that. And again, uh, real estate, um, uh, well, you know, right now, actually, it's a great time to get in real estate personally. Except for the difficulty has been uh, with the people I know in real estate finding a title office willing to be open or have somebody to come out and sign things, or yeah. you know, movers willing to move stuff. Um, so, it's, so if you can uh, be creative in that, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, that's going to create where people are going to have opportunity. Where why can't we do that stuff virtually as well? We're already signing for things yeah. medically. Um, we sign for legal advice. You know electronically, I'm signing contracts and proposals all the time um you know I've even signed papers for um you know um real estate as far as um mm-hmm. home loans or changing things or turning things over online so why can't we do that uh in a virtual yeah. call i mean and and do it electronically? Absolutely. It's a perfect time for that and um you know uh, even with a, a notary now, I'm sure there's ways that we can create a a notary. Stamp of approval with things, um, you know, virtually, and and make those things happen in the world. I mean, because we're doing that with the courts as well. That, you know, they're sending us right. electronic and phone calls, so it's it's a way of working that will make that more efficient. Because that's always been the one thing that's such a time killer uh, in real estate yeah. is um, going to those appointments <laughs> and trying to get you know five different people there yes. on time and signing the paperwork and then being done when they all don't need to be there. Um, Well, I suppose they still could show up at the same time, but you just do it virtually so that way any questions they, you know, can address them and and don't have to waste time with parking and driving. So, you know, I'm seeing solutions um, coming up for even more cool things in the future. Uh, One of my friends, um, actually I'm going to have to have him on the air with us. He's created something new. He's in the funeral business. And uh, Mm -hmm. he recently has created a funeral. uh, I think it's called funeralsonline.com. Michael Neal. And he is creating wow. the service for people um, because he has seen people try to do services online and they're just not well handled and, um, you know, they're, they're like poor quality or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's found a way to be able to help people to show up and pay their respects and to be present, which to me is something that's been needed all along. It's not just now. I mean, yeah. I had a, a friend pass away um uh, and they had a funeral two Saturdays ago, and i couldn 't go because I was already committed to a conference um, It was the last international conference I was at in fact, half the people showed up, and then they were leaving as we were there, afraid that they were not going to get back to their respective countries because we were had like i don 't know thirty different countries represented and you know mm-hmm. how do i how did I go to the funeral? I went online. And, uh, you know, that that's another means of taking care of what's going on in the world, you know, and being able to um, show up and be present, even though I would have loved to have been there in person. What a, sure. what a great way to be able to do that when you couldn't. I could step out of the room for 15 minutes and attend, you know, for at least a little bit to show my respect. All right. So what right. do you see um, for yourself? I mean, like, there's other things that, um, you know, so many other things that you're doing as well, too. So you're not mm-hmm. wasting any time. Um, being involved in all kinds of business and uh, business strategies. What are some other things that you suggest for people in the world now to get on top of things?
2: You know, I, I, I think that by default, people are learning how to shift. They're learning how to work from home. They're learning how to get that home office set up, the remote connections I and mean, then people who have jobs are being set up and sent home with laptops and being able to log into the company and corporate servers to be able to continue to do what they do and, and, most of my neighbors fall into that category, frankly, uh, working for big firms either in New York City or Philadelphia, and they're just doing what they always did, and they're having their meetings and their Zooms, and they're going and doing their projections, and they're, they're getting their work done. And I think it really we, – we've been talking about a, a virtual workplace for quite some time, and there has been a lot of shift over the years towards that with four-day work weeks with certain companies, et cetera. But now – literally, instantaneously, and overnight, everybody's home. And I really feel for, you know, it doesn't impact my life at all. Like, it doesn't impact my life at all. I'm used to working remote. Like I said, my biggest gripe is I can't go to the gym, and I can't go to Starbucks. I mean, that, that's pretty, that's, that's a joke. I mean, it's my life has not been impacted. I make my own coffee now, and I have an espresso machine, and I work out in the garage. Okay, life moves on. But what about the people who are <laughs> in the service-based industry, right? What about the waiters, mm-hmm. the waitresses? The bartenders, the the salons, the hairdressers, the barbers. What about the home inspectors? What about all these people who instantly are out of work, and the majority of them were service-based, meaning they were working, they were paid right away once they did their inspection. They're this, they're that. They lived on tips, and overnight their income stopped. These people, as in millions of people, are into serious trouble, and. I've had numerous talks over the last week or two with different colleagues of mine, and a lot of times people would think, well, it's just a guy waiting on the table that lost his job. No, what they don't realize is that when you talk about small business, it's the owner of the restaurant. It's the owner of that small store. See, most of these businesses, they rely on one thing, and it's called cash flow. The cash flow is what keeps the doors open. The cash flow is what allows them to pay for the food order that was dropped off the week before.  … … because of the, the cash that you're bringing in on a daily basis. So when you have an immediate and abrupt stop to the cash flow, the vendors can't get paid. The light bill can't get paid. The lease on the building can't get paid. So what we are unfortunately about to see, unless some drastic major interventions from you know, the government happen, which even then I don't think will be enough, uh, you're going to see a lot of bankruptcies. You're going to see a lot of businesses going under. You're going to see a lot of people. You know, I was going to say, and it's funny we, we were talking on the real estate topic… … about a resurgence in short sales, but no, no, we're not because they put this hold, this moratorium on foreclosures. And so banks, even if people aren't allowed to pay – I in fact, it's funny. I posted something this morning that was shared with me. A lot of people can apply for what's called a forbearance on their mortgage a lot of times up to a year, 12 months. And so basically it's just saying, hey, I can't pay the mortgage now, um, so I'll start paying in a year, and it's not going to affect your credit. And it's not going to put your house into a foreclosure. So everybody who applies for this and really just a matter of calling their bank and getting things set up, um, they're not going to lose their home. So the homes are not going to go into foreclosure at this mass rate like we saw in 2008, 2009. So that's actually not the case, Uh, which is a good thing, by the way, which is a great thing. I guess anybody listening to this and and knowing that that's an option to work with their bank, and, and I heard some banks are only doing three months or in increments of three months, but I think they're looking to standardize that. Uh, on a federal level where it's going to be a year to get through this, which is great. Um, Also, the Small Business Administration has a disaster loan program. And depending on the nature of the business, they've been authorized with the government and the trillion dollars that that was authorized and earmarked for this to be able to provide these loans, whether they're interest-free or no payments for a year. And certainly there are many different options not to get into on this call, but allowing small businesses to stay afloat. So I do see some measures coming out and some different things that are being put into place to not only help the, the general public at large, but also small businesses. Um, a lot of people don't know these things exist, which is why I've been posting about it and talking about it, and I'm glad to be able to talk about it here on this radio show. But that being said, it's never enough, and there's always going to be the people, in this case a lot, that, that they're really hurt by it economically. You know, So we don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's it's also opened a lot of people's eyes to realizing that Everybody needs a backup plan. You know, people say all the time, well, you, know, you have all these different businesses. Which one should I get into? I'm like, well, huh, I can't answer that. You know, it, I think real estate's wonderful. I've, I've been involved in that for many years and always will be. I think if that's a passion of yours, you want to learn, and that's wonderful. I have a health and wellness company, and, and that's obviously a wonderful business to be in. Everybody wants to stay healthy, and, you know, longevity is a big thing in this country and all that. So it doesn't really matter what people choose to do, but I think a lot of people are more open-minded than ever and realize that they do need to have a secondary income um, called a side hustle or whatever you want to call it, because now a lot of people are realizing that it's um, you know things could change on you know instantaneously and it's scary.
0: Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Um, You know, that is something that I've always uh, believed in is that um, having multiple skill sets and mastering multiple things and continual learning. So that's one thing for people now who didn't already have a second or a side hustle, you know, uh, a Mm -hmm. second business, is that you have all this time on your hands right now. Um, This is the time to um, learn. I mean, there are so many radio programs like this. Um, Also, Brian, you're participating with me and the, um, uh, well, I forget the name of it all of a sudden, um, it's a, a, a powerful giving back summit, I, I, I can't think of the name, um, and, uh, and, and which is really funny because I'm on it tonight, um, but it's an opportunity for uh, there to be a summit to give information back to other people as a, a form of getting information and receiving, and um, most of the, there's like 30 speakers oh. on it. Um, the, the purpose of the summit, yeah. yes. The purpose-driven summit, thank you so much. And the point of it <laughs> is, is that we're all giving back. And there's like eight or nine six- and seven-figure earners that are also sharing uh, what they do. And, uh, you know, and that's just amazing to have people who've been, you know, really kicking it, you know, being on there. And you and I are both speakers on that um purpose-driven summit thank you and you know and it's all free information to give back and i have reached out to like five different other people that have said to me hey andrea i want to give back to community i'm doing a summit i'm doing this do you want to participate and i've been giving of my time sharing with people how they can show up and um you know do different things for their business so that and or create and start a new business uh, or how to prepare so that when they're back in business that they can light a fire under themselves again because it doesn't matter what industry you're in let's say you're um, a waitress and you want to go back and be mm. a waitress when you're done you know what there are skills and tips that you can learn on how to be a better waiter that you can learn that information right now in fact my husband ever since we married 25 years ago he's always told me I should put together a training course for wait staff which is funny because I never was a waitress although I did work at a Ponderosa when I was 15 um, I was uh, like a bus boy person and then I was a hostess but i saw i see, when i you know when you eat out with children you see things that you know as as a parent that oh my gosh that i could help that waiter or waitress make so much more money if they were able to address things that maybe they don't know cuz maybe they've never been around, around children or don't have any or don't babysit or or don't have the mindset on what to help you know with parents that you know are Needing some extra, you know, give, and people who don't know how to work with the elderly, and and so forth, or people who are disabled, you know, to help really give them that greater customer service. Those are things that we can be learning right now. Um, you can learn a second language right now. Um, you know, you've got the time, so create it. I mean, yes, we can all binge on a lot of TV watching. Um, my daughter's watching what is it, the vampire something or other, and I've seen so many vampire episodes while I've been cooking. <laughs> In the kitchen, um, yes, uh, she's been binging on those. But she also works multiple jobs and goes to school full time. And she's, um, you know, um, c- c- purging and cleaning everything in our house. And she's remodeling, helping remodel a bathroom and design it. So she deserves to watch a lot of, you know, vampire television if she desires. But you know that. But there are people that I know. I have other friends who have literally admitted to me that they have done nothing for the last two weeks but lay there. <laughs> and watch TV and eat. And there's other things that they can be doing. And and that's up too for a little bit of time. But then, you know, you just got to get up and get moving again and, uh, you know, and, and create a life for yourself. And people can do that. And you can read you know, that's one thing I'm like begging people to start reading again. And if you don't have books at your house that you want to read, maybe your neighbor or a family friend does, or you can read them online. I prefer to read them in person. Um, But you can uh, read books online or you can order them on, you know, um, from the from the host, the author, or from Amazon or wherever else you get, want to get your books so that you can have the books at home. In fact, I've noticed I've I just been purchasing more books myself uh, for books that I want to have that I've given my copies away and need to replenish uh, the books that were important mm-hmm. to me. So any other advice become from you?
2: I've a big fan. Yeah, I, speaking directly to that topic, um, as I mentioned, I've always loved to read. You know, and, and we've all heard the term that leaders are readers and readers are leaders and all that other good stuff. But I really attribute reading specifically when I had nothing else to do. I was in the hospital for the most part for a year of my life and, and reading the books, just the few I mentioned. I read many more, but they were top, the, uh, certainly the three biggest um, – that had the biggest impact on my life, you could say. But since then, I've always believed in reading, and I, and I really learned about self-development as a young man and working with different – companies and organizations and being exposed to this whole self-development movement this PMI the positive mental you know every everything that I never knew existed I had no idea who Napoleon Hill was I had no idea about Dale Carnegie and and all these wonderful life-changing books on psychology and selling and how to win friends and influence people and, and all these things um up to and including Tony Robbins right way back to unlimited power so Getting exposed to that and reading was great, but what I've actually gotten into quite recently really over the last couple, three years has been audiobooks, and I find that with whether I'm driving to an appointment or working out or going for a walk or a run, I've been, a re, I've been consu, or, you know, just consuming audiobooks, and I love it. And, and I really, really feel that that's such an efficient use of time. And I know it's a, a different mode of learning and you're accessing different parts of your brain as far as learning audibly versus you know visually reading. And I get all that. But I, I've really been diving into the audiobooks and and uh, really enjoying it. So I, I think that especially now people have a lot of time, if it might be something to entertain is just getting an audible account and really start listening to some books. You know, while you're going around cleaning the house, put your headphones in and earbuds or whatever, AirPods and Go about your day. Take an hour and put some good in. And I think that would really help a lot of people.
0: I love that. Um, For me personally, and I listen to – Oh, um, you know, um, positive influence and meditation mm-hmm. and hypnosis. Uh, and I'm trained in hypnosis, so that's a thing that attracts me and things on NLP and, um, you know, a- um, a- Esther Hicks and all of that kind of stuff. And um, Napoleon Hill tapes and talks um yeah. I have found audio books for me challenging because I um, have ADHD and so I will easily get oh. distracted and then I wasn't aware of what I was listening to, where the other <laughs> stuff, for gotcha. some reason, I feel like that sub- subliminally goes in, but if it's a book that's describing something... That- <laughs> (laughs) I'm like crap. I wasn't paying attention. Although I probably am picking that up too subconsciously, so um, I'm not opposed to uh, listening to that either. Uh, But I do find that um, by physically having a book in hand, I even do that. But at least I can look and see on the page where I probably zoned off or wasn't looking. So books work better for me. But boy, I've met so many other people with learning disabilities like dyslexia and so forth that you know, hearing a book has been a godsend to them as a different form of learning and listening and for other people uh, with different uh, variations of ADHD it helps them focus and listen in so we all learn differently and however you can learn to be engaged and to pay attention and whether you're you know working out and listening and doing things or you're um, you know cleaning and purging I'm telling right now you know actually uh, it would be so amazing right now we should have everybody in the world take pictures of their house as a before and then a picture of their house as an after because are you the person who laid around and ate and threw all your trash on the floor and now you're surrounded by pizza boxes and Dorito bags, um, you know, and DVD tapes, boxes, you know, or are you the person now whose house is like all clean and organized <laughs> and you know where everything goes because you were you had time to, you know, reorganize your life and make it work for you, um, you know, and so I'm spending a, um, a lot of time cleaning and purging at my office because, um, you know, I have I, I'm on the go so often. I literally drop in and exchange and go, and you know I'm in and out of here, you know, several times a day, and it gives me a chance to really, you know, buckle down. And I'm excited to see yeah. what people can do for themselves. I mean, aren't you? I mean, it's, it, I, I just think I it's really going to be, yeah, yeah. So we are almost out of time. So um, tell people how they can reach you. You know,
2: it's it's kind of gets back to my email to you earlier, and you asked me for a headshot. So I am in the process of updating my site. It's brianmarrow.com, although don't go there because it's not up and running. Uh, it was 100% real estate-focused, specifically short-sale-focused, uh, investor-based. And I realized that I wanted to do a rebranding of myself and show people this other side of me that I have numerous different enterprises and businesses etc. And now. I'm a public speaker, motivator, all these different things I'm doing. And so I decided, and my web guy is creating a new web page for me. And I had an, an appointment a week ago, Friday, to go to New York City for a photo shoot with a good friend of mine who's a professional photographer and videographer. And of course, with this coronavirus, we had to postpone that. So I don't have that, but what I do have is a Facebook page. Um, I have, of course I have my personal page, but I have a business page, which I'm. It's been there for a while, but once again, I'm I'm stripping out some of that old real estate only content. But it's Brian Mara, the virtual entrepreneur. Uh, Brian is with an I, B-R-I-A-N. My last name is uh, Mara, M is in Mary, E-A-R-A, so like the word ear, M-E-A-R-A, uh, the virtual entrepreneur. So if you go there, that's uh, a way that you can contact me, stay in touch, follow the page, like the page, all that good stuff. And I'm going to be putting – I have numerous engagements coming up with speaking engagements, all remote and virtual, of course, interviews, podcasts, Zoom. And again, it will be for my health and wellness company and, and real estate investing and homeowner preservation Uh, All these different things that I have lined up, I'm going to be putting primarily on that Facebook page until my website's ready. So that would be the place to go.
0: Well, go ahead and say your website again, because uh, one of the cool things about this radio uh, broadcast is that we do have people who are listening live, and we have some people who will listen to it tomorrow, and some people next month, and some people a year from today. So by then, I think you will have everything in place. So go ahead and share that.
2: Yeah, so it's my name. It's BrianMera.com. And I think okay. he has it redirecting to my old investor company, um, which I still run is another business, Investor Entourage, and that's uh you know a portal for entrepreneurs that specifically invest in real estate. But no, that's that's and you can opt in there and contact me through there and all the other stuff. So BrianMayer dot com. There you go.
0: Perfect. Thank well, you that so is exactly how we love
1: it. Today, Thank you so much for today, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, oh, for well, thank you us. Having and me. we will be back in time same. Place. We're out of time. So, Andrea, thank you so much. And we will see everybody next week. Have a great week, everyone.
2: Bye. Bye
0: thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest.
3: We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.
2: We'll be